Last week, we had looked at the life of Joseph in regard to the Christmas story. This week, I'd like to look at the life of Mary. What stood out to me in regard to Joseph, that he was a righteous and just man. In regard to Mary, you see a similar righteousness. And I want to suggest to you that character is extremely important in positioning ourselves to be useful for the kingdom of God. When I look at this particular story, I can't look at occupation and say, this occupation propelled these people to prepare them for usefulness. can't look at wealth and say, wealth will help you to really take on and, and take care of things within the kingdom of God. In the same way, you look at social standing or, uh, or popularity or, you know, those things experience even. Uh, you can't point to those and say that that was critical for the most important moment in time where God's you know, really going to take care of things in the sending of his son. He, he, is, he isn't picking out the people that have the things that we tend to associate with our own lives as being, this will put me in a position to really fulfill the work of the kingdom of God. And so what I want you to look at is saying, God has me where he wants me. What's essential, though, is that my character live up to what he's asked of me. And as I do that, then there's the opportunity for him to use me for everything that he desires. <laughs> Mary, she didn't have any experience raising kids. I mean, first one through is just practice, Right? Sorry, Adam, but, uh, you know, thankfully in this day, kids can get therapy, you know, it's, no, no, I mean, I joke about it, but there is a measure of truth within, you're working out your systems, and God didn't even think that important enough to, to change things. So let's walk through this story, and, and, uh, See what stands out in regard to Mary. In sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from the city, from the God, to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, "Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you." But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I don't know how many of you have seen angels, but. Most of the time in Scripture, it's unsettling to whoever encounters them. I still believe that angels visit people. Uh, yesterday, in fact, I was having a, a conversation with my mother, and, and she was reminded of a story that uh, our family had walked through. Well, our neighbor lady was dying. She had been a religious person, but really, uh, was she a Christian not real sure at that point, but the mom had gone up to the hospital, and there was a booklet setting on the stand, and they said, well, the minister was here, but I tried to read it. I don't understand it. And mom picked it up, and it was a plan of salvation. She said, well, here, let me read some of this to you and walked through the steps of salvation with her. And um, within days... This lady was dying, and the nurse came in the room, and the lady goes, do you see them? What do you see what? Well, there's angels all around. You know, it, 
whatever was going on, she had this encounter right before she died. I think it still happens. But in this passage, a young woman is dressed by an angel, and she's going, what's going on? The angel says, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. Behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called Son of the Most High. The Lord will God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, there will be no end. The passages that I'm most familiar with really mess me up when I use another translation. Trying to read it right, read it up there, that's close enough. How's that? The angel said, to Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child born will be called Holy, the Son of God. She is being told something that is going to drastically change her life. Right? I mean, we mentioned last week, in John 8, I think it is, remember the adulterous woman is brought to Jesus and people say, what should we do, stone her? So even in that culture, a young woman getting pregnant out of wedlock, potentially there's a lot of trouble. We also read that Joseph, a righteous or a just man, decided he was going to divorce her quietly until an angel intervened. And so even in this, you're engaged, now you aren't. You suddenly have a baby, which puts you ostracized, puts you in, in uh, mistreatment for others. Your family is not going to understand, and yet this is the plan of God. And, and as I walk through those thoughts, I'm going, so the purposes of God can call us into situations that may lead us to positions of misunderstanding by others? Absolutely. Even scorn and shame by some? Yeah. Treated as foolish? Yeah. You start walking through what is being laid out to this woman, and she goes, potentially you have somebody going, well, thank you for this vision, but I don't want it. So the response that we see coming out of her when we hear this the righteous response that comes is something that should challenge us and say, maybe this is why God chose this person. So, I mean, when we, when we walk through this and we're going, no experience, no money, no social standing, but character that says, if God's declared this, I'm going to embrace it and celebrate. I'm going to honor what's been declared and, and rejoice over it. Long before Paul wrote, or excuse me, long before it was written in Scripture, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Here's a person that's willing to truly live that out. And in a literal sense, to offer body as a living sacrifice. Before Jesus is going to be declaring that you must take up your cross and follow me, 
here's a person that's living out that principle and saying, whatever he asks of me, that's what I'm willing to do. That life of submitting wholly unto God, Mary declares back, I am his servant. She's taking it on and saying, I embrace whatever he's called me to do. And so in that, I see a a character statement of a person that's willing to identify with what God has and embrace it no matter what the consequences. Now the angel goes on and says, Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. This is the sixth month of her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. So, you know, the angel is going, it's not that big a deal to God to take a virgin and give her a son. In fact, your relative who is, appears, to be, appears to have been incapable of conceiving now is pregnant. Mary goes, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it to me according to your word. And the angel departed. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. The easiest thing for a girl to do that's pregnant out of wedlock would be to, to change communities, right? Even in, when I was a kid and things like that took place, often the girl would leave town. So, you know... She runs to this relative, but how God kind of helps her walk this through is amazing to me. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, she exclaimed in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. So rather than, I need to tell you something, immediately, There's a prophetic word coming, an understanding coming through Elizabeth, making this declaration. Why is granted to me that the mother of the Lord should come to me? Blessed is she who believed there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So Elizabeth really helps out, (laughs) encourages her. Here's Mary's declaration. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. She sees the potential of what will be in the future and rejoices in it. You and I come to Christ. We say, I am taking up your cross. I am taking... I am laying down my life. I am taking up the cross for you. I am giving up of myself. The goal is that I might be with you forever, that I might see your purposes fulfilled, knowing that what you have is better than anything that I could attain in this life. Mary's making a similar declaration. She's looking and saying, all generations are going to call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. 
His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Charlie was mentioning how Moses didn't couple belief with the things that have been seen, but Jesus did. In the same way, Mary is, is acting in belief, right? She's saying, I acknowledge this is good. I believe that what God has intended is awesome. Future generations are going to call me blessed. This is the plan of God, and I get to participate. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. So you see, saying, My life has been about the humble. Not much to set it apart, and yet I'm the one that gets the benefit. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he sent away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. You know, the role of Mary is a little more uh, extensive in Scripture than in Joseph. Joseph basically is off the scene from early on. You have the, the temple experience when Jesus is 12. You know, his parents are overwrought of him being gone the three days. And then you have reference to, isn't this the carpenter's son? But that's about all you get out of Joseph's life. Mary, you see a little more extended. You, know, you see her seeing her son raising the ire of the community and she and the children coming and trying to pull him away and talk some sense to him. And, him. and him making a statement, really, my mother and brother and sister, they're the ones who embrace this message. But you also see her at the wedding of Cana being, saying, do what he says. He's, he essentially has given her a, a thing of, eh, it's not my time. And she, knowing his character, goes, um, just see if he doesn't do something. Do what he asks. You see her at the cross mourning what's happening, but you also see her in the upper room waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. I suggest to you, too, that the stories that we rehearse through the Christmas season and all of this from early on, who would have been the one that brought that to the attention of others? Who would have been the one that to convey those stories to the disciples? I'm assuming it was Mary. She's with them. They're asking questions. How do we get this story? I'm assuming that she was filling in the details. The humble little girl sees an angel, hears a word from the Lord, embraces it. So I take that for our own lives and just say, you may not be all that excited about your birth order. or even the family that you were born into. You may not be all that excited about your financial income or your occupation or where things are going socially. But that doesn't mean a thing when it comes to whether the hand of God can be upon your life or not and whether he can use you mightily. Who was used of more effect than Mary? I mean, the Son of God, born to this young woman. 
Let's take that for our own lives and say, I yield to you. I trust in your goodness. I embrace your call. Thanks to the Lord. Lord, we look at these passages and, and we thank you that, again, in this time of year, that we can walk through them and celebrate your gift to the earth, Son, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate the people who you brought that gift to. Thank you for your goodness to our lives. Amen. There are some of you young parents that may be here today and going, I really don't have enough money to even buy gifts for my kids. Grandpa and Grandma and others are providing. And, you know, but there's a frustration in that. I want to suggest to you that Jesus' parents received gifts from others. It was enough. God uses even those situations for his glory when yielded to him. I'm going to pray for God's blessing upon you. What remains is open-ended. wish you the best in this Christmas season. In this place, we can say it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy that your plans are for them. And that everything that is necessary for them to achieve those plans in you will be provided. May your name be exalted throughout this region. I ask that as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. Pray that their deeds would be fitting with the workings of your kingdom. I ask that you enable them with the supernatural. We love you this day. Be honored through our lives, we ask. Amen. God bless you.